Welcome to the Dirt to Dollars podcast. Hosted by Central Kentucky Extension Agents, Whitney Carmen, Daniel Carpenter, and Matt Adams. Where we talk everything from the dirt on your land to the dollars in your hand. Welcome back to another edition of Dirt to Dollars. It's the first week of November. We're on the downhill slide, I think, aren't we? Towards the end of the year. We're recording this on the 4th, on, uh, I think it's Remember, Remember the 4th of November. Um, For any Uh movie buffs, you probably know what that is. If not, you just, you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. V for Vendetta. Oh. Oh, yes. Okay. Anyway. I didn't follow it either. The 8th of November, wasn't that a big and rich song? Uh. Yes, it was. Sure. Yes, it was. I will, I will confirm that. Yeah. What are some other popular November dates while we're on the topic? I don't know. My birthday's this month. Yeah, my dad's That's was important. yesterday. Happy birthday, Danny. Yeah. Well, there's lots of important things going on. I guess the important date that is on top of everybody's mind right now is we had kind of our first freeze in the last couple of days. We did. Um, and really, I mean, we've had some light frost. But it was probably our first mm-hmm. true, like, real good frost odd enough it was a freeze too at the same time mm-hmm. i think it's about right on the average freeze date time but for the frost i mean we're a few weeks behind on that mm-hmm. i think uh fir- first or second week of november is kind of our average first freeze mm-hmm. uh, but typically october 15th is our first frost so we kind of got it all at one time um kind of like my son in preschool um he's getting it all at one time getting all of his uh sicknesses and like week after week after week so yeah yeah and that's I, fun i was bragging because our yesterday because ours hadn't been sick since like last winter and she comes home with a stuffy nose what i tell y'all never say never never say never yeah i heard a neat analogy is kind of the other way on a podcast i was listening to yesterday yeah with a turkey farmer that she grew they grew uh birds for they were supposed to be antibiotic free uh, and somebody was asking, cause you know, like antibiotic free cattle, if you've got a calf and a pen gets sick, you can treat it, pull it out, just put it in another pen and, uh, the rest of the rest of the lot's fine, but they have to, they were asking, you know, if you treat a, if you have a sick bird, if you treat it, do you just throw it over in another barn or what? And, and she was saying, no, cause it's, uh, basically if one gets sick, they all get sick. Yeah. It's kind of like daycare or preschool. Because mm-hmm. they all drink out of the same water tub and all eat out of the same feed pan, which is kind of like daycare and preschool. Too. Yeah. I would almost argue <laughs> that we like to and, think that it's not, but it probably is. Yeah, I was gonna say, and that that actually is is interesting because you know, as important as it is on all livestock aspects to watch for, you know, sickness because it could affect everybody. But you would think those that amount of animals in one barn would probably if one's got it she's right everybody's gonna have it within the next day or so i guess that's why they walk them twice a day for the most part i had to think about that for a second they walk the barns twice i thought Mm -hmm. you meant like they took the turkeys out for a walk (laughs) twice a day (laughs) they walk the barns i'm sorry they walk the barns twice a day (laughs) or at least the folks that i know they walk them But back on the freeze, uh, I guess what are, you know, we talk about frost and freezes. I think last time we were talking, there's some frost in the area. We did talk about um, effects on, on Johnson grass. Should we do a real quick rehash on the, on that for prussic acid concerns and maybe some Mm -hmm. other concerns too, that we've been getting questions about. 
Um, so what is on when we have a true freeze? And I think this week we could probably say we've had a, a true freeze on the Johnson grass. What is what's the protocol for that as far as, Usually. you know, isn't it three to five days or something like that or close? I think isn't it like seven ish days or unless because that's about how long it takes those plants to die and mm-hmm. be dry and dead. Yeah, about seven days. About, to somewhere that, yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'd say with the kind of weather we're having, it'd probably be about right. <clears throat> so at that time, you can, you know, you still need to be cognizant of what's in the field and what's out there and check it don't just don't just go seven days from when we had a freeze you might you need to look at it because there may be pockets and areas that are protected if there's area around a tree line or something maybe it didn't get bit as bad um by the by the freeze but if uh it it was in the mid-20s i think there and it it should be all zapped but still keep on it and that's kind of the the rule of thumb as they say I will say too, if you have any cherry trees that are down or have fallen or, you know, cause I've actually had a personal experience, not me personally, but I know of someone recently that has lost some livestock because of the same thing. Once they freeze and they're, they die off. And if they're low hanging and they eat them, same situation well, with Johnson. I, I, I will say cherry trees. I, I, there ain't no cherry trees with any leaves left anywhere that I've seen. Well, this situation did. I'm just saying to be cognizant I thought of that it. was just when it was dry that that happened i didn't know it happened in a freeze with no, it's at any time that they're going to wilt or stress yeah so it's basically yeah if they get knocked down like in a storm then they're going to wilt just naturally mm-hmm. and they yeah. get dangerous then yeah i don't know you know they they say that i've had i've got a few cherry trees and some pastures of mine and uh and they're in areas where it dries out really quick and yeah, my sheep just eat the leaves off i don't know they Maybe it gave them a good worming. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe they're maybe they're a little tougher than the natural immunity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't really have a special guest this week, but we are all three special. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, several Daniel a little more today. so than the rest of us. And um, depends depends on what kind of special you're talking about. <laughs> <clears throat> Unless you're talking about spelling, which we won't get into that, Matt. Um, but don't forget the hey. D. Okay. Don't forget the yeah. D in budget. Um, it wasn't me. Oh, okay. Well, okay. you, you were talking about how it. you were that talking about our... how uh, how good of you know how much work you did on getting this together, and then there's a big old spelling error error yeah. right on the front of it. Yeah, I retract that statement. Okay, <laughs> but it it is fixed now. They did fix it. So I don't speaking know that was of necessarily that, your fault though, because you didn't put the graphic together. You worked yeah, on the actual yeah, budget. Yeah. We uh, we might as well touch on that real quick before yeah. we go any further. So there are uh, we do have new corn and soybean budgets out. Uh, they've completely went through and reworked that budget tool, and it uh, was overdue. Yes, it was Very. long overdue. Uh, a lot of options. There were a handful of us across the state that worked with uh, Greg Halich and Samantha Kindred that I think works in his office on developing some of these decision tools and. Uh, we're able to go through and put a really neat product together. So check that out. It's on the Ag Econ website, or you can call into your <coughs> extension office. They can probably send you a link or whatever. Uh, still in Excel like it always has been, but you just have a lot of different options that you can kind of custom tailor it to your farm or even from farm to farm. So. It looks like too, there's some simplified formats and there's some advanced ones. So if you're just yeah. getting started or you want, you know, you, you can pick and choose how, advanced you want to get with that yeah and there's some different uh 
different machinery calculations in there. There's a calculator to be able to figure your storage cost and use that. Uh, you know, if you've only got bin space for a certain percentage of your crop, you can plug that in. Uh, so you're not applying it over every acre. There's on the rent side, there's different ways to split your rent out. So you can either do cash rent or crop share and it'll automatically figure, you know, your share and the landlord's share. And it's uh, just some really neat options on there. There's a fertilizer price calculator. Now I got you a just, question on the fertilizer price cal calculator. Does it let you put in fertilizer prices that are more than three digits? Huh, I hope so. They might be <laughs> just saying. We may talk about that in a second, but um, but yeah, you basically so it that that was a hold up on the old budget because you had to put in your cost per unit instead of when what do we usually deal in when we're talking fertilizer prices price per ton. Mm -hmm. So right. you've got a little sidebar over there. You plug in your prices per ton, it automatically transfers it over to price per unit, and you roll on. Which most people can do, but it is helpful because if you're yeah. not used mm -hmm. to doing that, it, it's kind of weird when you think of units and yep. tons and price and dollars. And it's just, well, and it's, it's just confusing. easier if you're adjusting it as things change. And we all know things change in the fertilized market really quick, especially this summer and fall. Uh, so as you're going through there, plugging numbers in and updating numbers as things, uh, as you're able to update things going into next year, you can just go in, change that price per ton real quick, and you're done. Mm -hmm. Has to be easy or we're not going to use it. True. Yep. True. You are right. Well, on the topic of inputs and putting them in your budget, and you talked about having more than three digits for these fertilizer prices. What are we hearing? What's what's the the latest? Have any of you all done any calculations recently? I've tried to just stick my head in the sand, just ignore it. <laughs> yeah, I just don't even <laughs> want to know. But um, but now, I mean, that prices are going up, and and as extension agents, you know, if you're going if our constituents and clients are going to have to deal with this problem next year, it's probably important that we talk about it. But we did, we all, we are all three kind of follow stuff on Twitter, and we'll send mm -hmm. stuff around, and and there's a there's a cat on there that's uh, probably a good follow. Um, I think his name's Josh Linville and he posts some stuff about fertilizer prices and trends. And he does some good like comparisons about where they're at now, where they used to be maybe comparing it to like uh, what grain inputs are now. Mm -hmm. And we've shared a few pictures of those between ourselves and just kind of discussed them in, in a group text. Um, but I just want to kind of talk about a few of them. I'm not trying to scare anybody or not trying to, you know, uh, any of that, but there is some numbers that he had that I thought were very interesting. And, uh, and some of them, he was talking about how fast fertilizer prices were going up. And I think urea was one that he used an example of, and this was, um, I think this was back late, late October or a week or two ago. And, uh, basically there was like a over $300 a ton price rally over the course of about nine weeks in urea. And, uh, and basically it was going up about a quarter an hour. Right. Mm. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. isn't it, I did see somebody uh, posted the other day that I think it was 32% was $640 a ton. And somebody commented on it and I now don't double check me on this. I know we've got some listeners out there that'll double check my math and it'll probably be wrong because I didn't check this math, but they claim that that made it easy 
easy to calculate in dollars per unit because that's a dollar a pound for your nitrogen. Mm-hmm. I've heard yeah, that I mean, from some others too, that, that that's probably to expect that. Yep. Um, is what I've been told as far as figuring. And that's not a definite, the stuff can change, but that's kind of what I've been told to expect is somewhere around a dollar. Um, several bushels of corn. Yeah. Right. So there's also this guy I talked about uh, some ratios and was like uh, looking at corn. I, I don't know what price he was using on the corn. I don't know if it was cash price or, or a futures price that he was using. Um, but it was basically comparing that price of corn to the cost of fertilizer. Normally that ratio with urea, as an example, because um, that's what we use. We use a lot around here with corn. Mm-hmm. That, that number was 60. Um, that, that kind of related those two figures. And um, as of, as of last week, that was 135. Mm. So that's a pretty big jump. And, and then actually when you went and broke it down with the other inputs like diet and potash, that ratio had basically doubled um, in all of them. So you're, you're seeing a, even though our corn prices are good, our fertilizer prices are that much higher that it it's offset whatever good they've gotten. It's yeah. almost like somebody is following the corn market and realizes how much it's went up. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> now there were all kinds of, of factors uh, that were mentioned that this guy mentions. And I, I will, if you're kind of interested in that stuff, I do think he's an interesting follow and mm-hmm. uh, probably not sharing research based information, but it is good to kind of get an idea of what, of what, trends are going on in the fertilizer industry and right. some of them were, were a lot to do with um, exports right and imports and yeah and, and production of natural gas and yeah. uh, declines in that production and and all that and you get into china russia india europe and all these people that are doing different things right um and 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 evidently we're also even though our fertilizer prices are high we're still cheaper comparatively to the rest of the world i thought that was interesting too mm-hmm Talking about those ratios, when you look at that and you say, well, okay, let's work that backwards and say, well, what should the corn price be if, you know, as, as far as like historically um, with fertilizer prices being that and with urea at that price, uh, corn should be 1272 a bushel. Shoo-wee. That ain't gonna happen. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> that, and that was the don't worst. Don't even expect it. Yeah, that, that was the worst one. But uh, like, uh, I think DAP uh, with the DAP price at that time, it should have been an eight dollar corn price, and potash would have been eleven dollar corn price. That's just how how out of whack they are right now um, with with what the commodity is worth. Yeah, I think budgets going forward this this winter will be interesting. They're going to be important, um, right. and that's kind of why it's good that they they got that updated because you know there may have been maybe like last year, especially may have been a decent example of you know inputs were low and prices mm-hmm. were okay, um, wasn't as stressful. But now you're gonna have to you're gonna have to watch your your p's and q's or p's and k's. Yeah, your p's and k's. Oh, I like p's it. Mine's well, p's I- and k's. We yeah. should. That's that's. I like that. We need to do something with that. We need to market. We just copyright. Can we just say copyright? And you can't tell. Copyright. Is copyright. That how the yeah. work? That's right. Well, and I think too, though, I, I do remember us having several conversations last year saying, hey, with fertilizer prices as low as they are, go ahead and do it this year because who knows what they're going to be. And, you know, well, you, you can't tell the future, but you would hope that people did 
try to and get no, ahead on some of that. Yeah, and nobody knows what's going to happen. You know, this was a lot. There were a lot of factors that have been mm-hmm. blamed on this, and a lot of things that happened, and a lot of what do you call those black swan events that yes. all kind of lined up. But in the same way, there could be some black swan events going forward mm-hmm. that could take it back the other way. Probably not mm-hmm. as quickly because it never works like that. But we could. There could be something that we don't see coming. Yeah. To give some relief. Right. Uh, one little hint at that may maybe happening you know part of what started this rally especially in the phosphate market was back in march uh mosaic won a a, a countervailing duty case uh, against imports of phosphates from morocco and russia with the u.s department of commerce uh like i said that was back in march uh, i think there's some petitions actually being filed and going around to try and get that reversed already uh, because that basically puts U.S. produced and owned phosphate products at a premium to anything we could import and basically limits the market. So yeah, uh, with prices doing what they've done, I think there's maybe a little bit of hope there that that could get reversed and get some relief going down the going down the pike but yeah but it may not matter because some of these countries things have gotten tight enough around the world some of these countries have already talked about okay now maybe we'll limit import or limit exports anyway so right well and i think that was the discussion this morning between china and russia based on you know which we alluded to earlier is it's if you follow some of these guys keeping up with some of that is is important also So since since we're on this topic, um, <clears throat> talking a little grain, let's talk a little bit of hay and pasture. Um, what? So it it is going to be important, and and y'all, what was that? Sorry, I hit my cup, my Somebody coffee cup on my water gong. cup. I was like, is, that, <laughs> is this the gong show? I just got gonged. <laughs> yeah. That's the bell. Oh my gosh, that's Time a, to that's get a throwback it, right there. Goodness gracious. Okay. Anyway, no. Maybe that was, she just, That's my coffee she just cup. rang the bell. She done. <laughs> Don't want to talk about fertilizer anymore. Ugh, it's a dreary topic. <laughs> so, but it is, it is important and it, it's it important to know what's, uh, what's on the horizon and, and to be looking ahead and planning ahead because when we're talking about, Hey, um, mm-hmm. Let's see. I, I I did a little math beforehand, so I'm not doing this live. Um, but did you double check it? I did double check it because you know somebody's going to check your numbers. Yep, especially if I leave out a D. Yeah, don't want anybody putting the wrong numbers in their bugets. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, oh god, but no. So Matt, you're you're. I'll, I'll let you throw this number out, and I'll make sure that I'm right. So if we were talking yeah. about grass hay. Um, uh-huh. what would you think is an average yield per acre for this neck of the woods? Uh, I, I went with two tons. That's what and I, I figured that guess. to be on the low side because I was trying to be conservative uh, in my, in my figuring. Yeah. You're probably about average on two to tons, maybe, I would bet. you know, two and a half two, on the high side, half. one and a half, yeah. maybe sometimes on a bad year. Yeah. Um, but I think this year we could probably say probably two to two and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But we don't know what it's going to be next year, so we'll kind yep. of plan conservatively. Um, so uh, let's say we get two tons yield uh, per mm-hmm. acre over the course of a year. You know, it's including the first, second, third, whatever cuttings. So you've got um, you've got probably let's just say a 
typical hay bale going to weigh a thousand pounds? Can, or can we say it's going to weigh a thousand pounds? Because that depends just, on what size bale are you at. What size? Bale yeah, but like on average, there'll be some larger, some smaller. But I'd say we probably seven fifty to fifteen hundred. So yeah, probably. Let's say a thousand because it makes the math a lot easier, man. I'm trying to okay. I'm trying to give you a carrot and you're supposed to take it and go with it. Okay? Well, I don't like carrots. <laughs> you don't like carrots. Only if doesn't. they're like the baby carrots that are cooked can, in a lot of sugar, like you get from Cracker Barrel. Those or really you dipped in ranch. Oh uh, no. Oh, no, well, no. Yeah, I like you wouldn't survive kind of in carrots. my household. Okay, me too. So, okay, so let's say if we've got two tons, which is four thousand pounds um, of yield, so that's a thousand pound bales. It's four bales, right? Right. Okay. See, we're all here on the same page yes. doing some good math. You're just trying to make the math easy. I am. Well, so what we got to remember is that every one of those bales. They're nutrients, right? Because every time we cut stems and take them off of a field, it's got phosphorus and potash in it. Yep. And it also has nitrogen in it, but we have to put the nitrogen on every year. I'll throw that yep. number in too, just because it's important to know. Um, but that's just a, the other thing to remember is these fertilizer prices are based on what they are right now. Mm-hmm. Probably not a lot. Of, I mean, not a lot of people fertilizing hay and pastures this time of year. Um, I don't know. Maybe if you were needing it and you wanted to put the phosphorus and potash down, I've actually I, seen several people doing say, that on do it, do it. Ground yeah. this fall. I, I don't see a problem with that because I think it's, I don't either. You know, one of these weird things would recommend that for your yards and your and your grass in your yard to fertilize in the fall. I think it's good for cool season grasses uh, to help build root reserves and things like that. But well, the nitrogen side is the is the thing that you know you, right, you're right, gonna get right. better top growth. Uh, next spring while you do that in the fall on your yard because you don't want all the you know you don't right. want excessive night uh top growth well let's take just a second <coughs> and just jump down that rabbit trail and we'll come back but okay. i think a lot of the retailers are <coughs> actually kind of begging producers to go on and get some applied this uh, yeah. fall just to help with the supply chain situation down the road and i know i've i've talked to a lot of them that are urging grain producers to go on and spread ground going to soybeans next year this fall too and go on and get that out of the way so we don't have such a demand next spring before planting honestly i've seen i've seen a lot yeah and i've yeah i've seen more tracks through hay and pasture fields this fall than i have in any other fall in the past i think Mm -hmm. so i think it's getting the message is getting across there all right all right, back to your math, Daniel. <clears throat> okay, so our back to our four bales of hay per acre uh, that we're going to talk about. So for each um, for each bale, let's say of, of hay, we're going to take off uh, about let's see nine units of uh, phosphorus and twenty five units of uh, potassium. So we're going to have to replace all that. We need to remember what that costs, especially when we're thinking about you know maybe what we're going to price our hay at. And we'll touch probably touch back on this next year um, when we actually know what the fertilizer is going to cost. But if, if you just take into account what fertilizer is priced today, um, if it's the same, which is probably, I mean, if I'm betting on it, it's probably going to be higher um, in the spring, but just based on what it is today in your phosphorus and potash alone, um, you're going to have $25 and 75 cents a bale in fertilizer costs. So that's much? what you're taking off the field, $25.75. That, that means it's going to cost you $100 an acre to yeah. fertilize it, um, just the P and K for what you're removing. 
Now, you may have fields that are very high and, and won't need any more, but if you've got fields that are low, you may need to put more than that. So this is, you know, there's, there's going to be situations where you're going to have more than that in it and maybe considerably more um, than that. On, yeah, especially depending on nitrogen prices. Now, you want to add in uh, nitrogen cost to that, well, you can just go ahead and add another $10 bail. And that's, that's probably with a conservative nitrogen rate. I think I figured that at 60, 60 units. Mm-hmm. That's freaking, eh, that's the low end. Yeah, yeah that's, that's low. I mean, I, I've been, been conservative yeah. on this whole scenario. Um, well, because if you think about it in, in real life, folks are probably going to cut costs where they can. So you're going to put as much, you know, as much as it basically needs and that's it until you can get past the price. So yeah, that's a good number. And then your equipment cost. So yeah, that's not even counting. Well, so you'll probably come close to doubling that. So remember that when you're trying to think about if you can. You find know, we parts. need to we need to uh, be thinking ahead of time about our marketing plans and things, and it's going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of money tied up in it. Uh, and that's the thing I've talked with. You know, we have several a pretty strong alpha alpha hay market here in this area, or Daniel and I do anyway, in Hardin and Larue counties. And that's something as I've discussed with our alfalfa growers going down the road, you know, we, if we doubled our fertilizer inputs or doubled our fertilizer line item in the budget this year, we do that in a corn crop. We had higher commodity prices and I think we'll have some higher commodity prices down the road to, uh, going into next year next to be able to market next year's crop to offset that a little bit. The hay market, you can't, turn around and double what you're getting for a bale of alfalfa hay. It just, the consumer on that end won't stand it. So that's something we're going to have, it's going to be really tricky and you're going to have to know your cost going forward because even if you go up a dollar a bale, that doesn't even begin to offset the difference in what your fertilized cost is going to be next year. Right. And there kind of goes, this kind of goes both ways for, you know, all, all producers, you know, you've got the guy growing the hay that's got some decisions to make, but then you've got the people that are buying hay that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you probably want to buy it from somebody that you typically deal with. Um, there's probably going to be some hay that doesn't get the fertilizer that it got in years past. Yeah. And you just have to keep an eye out for that. Cause we, and we all know, I mean, unfertilized hay, um, you know, just doesn't typically score out as well on the, on, uh, especially on, on protein, like the nitrogen ain't there, the protein typically that's a direct relationship. So yep. Yep. if that stuff ain't there, the, the quality may not be there. Um, there's still a lot of quality when it's put up yeah. good, but you know, there's going to be some nutrients that are not there if it's not fertilized as well. So we're just going to have to keep our eyes open on that. And uh, uh, that kind of, that kind of goes for everybody. And luckily, one thing we've got going for us, if we don't have just an extremely bad winter this winter, on the, I guess, kind of the beef cattle livestock side uh, of the hay production thing, we've we've had two really good hay years the last couple yes. of years. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a lot of the guys I work with, they've got more hay in the barn for their cattle or sheep or whatever it is than they've ever had, or than they've had in several years, and you know, good carried over too. from last year. Yeah. We've got, we've had plenty of grass this fall. Uh, so it's not going to be quite as big of a deal if we do have to skimp a little bit and we end up hurting some production going into next year. 
because we should have a pretty good stockpile of hay going forward. Yeah, and that's probably something, you know, I don't, I don't want to recommend hoarding. We, yeah. we know how that went with toilet paper, but yeah, it's probably something good to remember that, you know, hey, if you've got hay stored inside, it's probably going to be okay into next year. And if, you know, you might start thinking about selling hay now and you got to think about replacement costs, um, it's probably a good idea to just, just keep that in mind that it's going to be a lot higher next year. I wouldn't be giving nothing away by no means. Um, yep. I, I think that'd be a, a fair thing to say. Probably need to talk about some ways that we can utilize nutrients. And I think we could probably have shows dedicated to some of these topics and we may have in the future. What are, let me ask you all, what, what are some things that we can do to make sure that we are getting the full benefit of maybe whether it's fertilizer that we buy or if it's nutrients we already have, what are some practices that we can do to maximize the efficiency on our farms and make sure that we don't, you know, maybe we can do something a little better and don't have to buy as much fertilizer possibly. Uh, Making sure you get it put out at the right time as far as nitrogen management. Gotcha. Okay. That's, that's a good one. Um, I know sometimes we get soil test results and they come out and I have a nitrogen recommendation. Um, it does, you know, it might say down there in the comments, you know, when to apply those and those are the best times to apply, but I always try to make sure people realize that, that, um, cause I, I'll see that sometimes that, you know, they'll, they, if they're not, especially if they're new to it, they don't know when you're supposed to apply nitrogen, they just see, get their solar results back and they think it's time to put it on. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a good one. And, and the fact that, you know, phosphorus and potash can be put on now, uh, you may lose a little bit of nitrogen that's in your, your phosphorus fertilizer that you may have to, you know, pay for that in the spring. But if you've got a lot of fertilizer or a lot of phosphorus and potassium needs, uh, especially if you're looking at doing a new stand alfalfa in the spring or something like that, uh, may not be a bad idea to, uh, to get that on there now, kind of utilize that. Um, what about lime? Make sure your I, pH is Make there. sure your pH is there. What, Especially you, that's now. That's probably the most important thing high, right now. Yeah. yeah. Lime, when fertilizer is high, lime gets cheap. Yes. Yes. Very. And, 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 and even though it doesn't, the price doesn't go down, Matt. Right. But in relatively speaking, it, it does get cheap because it makes yeah. everything work. You know, if you've, uh, uh, this time of year is a good time to put it on, and especially I, if you're low, because yeah. it needs time to, it doesn't change overnight. It, it is a well, logarithmic scale and it takes a long time to, to make changes in the soil, but getting it on now is great. If you find out in the spring that you need it and you still have fertilizer to put down too, maybe a little late, but the best time to put down lime when you need it is yesterday. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you find out in the spring, you need it, you still need to get it on there as quick as you can. Um, well, and I tell folks when I, when we're dealing with this is that lime is, if you've got low pH, I mean, that's the most important thing because if it's not, it may be there, it's just not available. So you've got to get your pH up in order to, make your nutrients work for you. Yeah. So, I mean, it does has to be, has to be neutral for, for those things to, to work. Um, and also I remind people, some people call, well, and I still may call it every now and then, but you call lime poor man's fertilizer. You ever heard that mention? And they'll talk about snow. Yeah. Snow is poor man's fertilizer too. That's a different topic, but uh, they may call it poor man's fertilizer, but it is important to remember that lime is not fertilizer. Right. It is nor not. Nor can it take the place of fertilizer but it will make the fertilizer work 
better. And it is, you know, it is essential. If you are of low pH, you need to get that adjusted. That's why we always talk about stress. Soil testing is very important. Um, that's the only way you're going to know if you need it or not. And, and also to know how much lime you will need. And also to know <laughs> there's different quarries that have different qualities of lime and you need to know which one, how much from each place you need. Cause there are, you know, some that may be half effective. And if you go put down, you see on your, you know, maybe you did a home pH test and it showed that you need this much lime. Um, you know, if you go and you don't know what you're ordering, you may get half as much and you didn't, didn't change it enough to make your fertilizer work as efficient as it can. So it's just right. go through, go through the channels, get your, get your soil tested. Um, we prefer you do it at the extension office, but however you do it, make sure you get it tested. Do you all deal with acidic soils in your, I mean, cause we've got typically yes. have low pH soils in our County. So that's the first thing I'm looking at a lot of times when I have. Well, I think it's fair producers. to say everybody in our area is going to have yeah. to deal mm-hmm. with it. Now, if you're up around Lexington in that area, you may not, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, we're all, we're all having to deal with that. So we all need to check it because our mm-hmm. soils will naturally want to, to go and be acetic. And that always blew my mind because especially in Hardin County, especially the Southern part of Hardin County, we've got, limestone rock sticking up everywhere and, and just under the surface of the ground so we can get that lime pretty easily but it's still but we still struggle yeah, with it we still yeah. need to apply it and we're gonna have low ph so mm-hmm. we just gotta do a little intervention and get it ground up to where it can activate i guess uh what are some other things um i know let's well just take the simple fact you know we talked about how much nutrients are in a bale of hay you know what are some things we can do if we have, you know, maybe out in the pasture field or, you know, if we're feeding hay over the winter, is there anything we can do to kind of utilize nutrients that way? Unroll your hay. Unroll your hay is a good uh-huh. one. Either unroll it or at the very least place your, if you're using hay rings, place them in a strategic place to where the cattle are going to disperse manure halfway evenly across the field. Yeah. yeah. You know, don't put it right next to the water. Mm-hmm. You're don't right. Don't put it yep. right next to the mineral feeder. Just. Don't put it right next to where they're going to lay and loaf. Because those areas are probably high already. Because yep. that's they where are, they're going to typically they're going to loaf there. Yeah, I, I like to find. I mean, I can make have the cows my walk and they'll make their deposits accordingly. <laughs> at at, at uh, <laughs> um, Cedar and Sedge Farms, which I think I may just start calling my farm because that's about <laughs> all we got is Cedar and Broom Sage. But um, we we've got. Uh, I try to put my hay. Of course, I'm dealing with sheep, and it's not as probably not as much waste comes out the back as, as it does with some cattle. But if, if there's areas that have a lot of broom sage, that's where I feed my hay. Mm-hmm. Cause I know those struggling areas and, uh, and I can just, I could, I could move it around at a different spot every day and never get it all. But just doing little things like that can make sure that you're focusing nutrients, maybe where they they're needed. And, uh, and that can be a simple move that, you know, years like this year, that can mean some, some dollars to years like last year, it may not have meant a whole lot of dollars, but when you're dealing with high input costs, doing those little things can, can help, can help with the, in the pocketbook a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's better. I mean, it's just better for the soil anyway, to, to move those areas around and not have much compaction and, and, you know, wearing the, the, the top of the soil out. We do have, I think there's a publication on bale grazing. I know some people have used that same topic. Like you were talking about, Matt, you're, you're mm-hmm. mainly, you know, just making sure you're feeding in different locations across the field. Um, if you're interested in that, there's some publications on how that works and any, anybody that's done that, you know, it shows that it does, it does, um, uh, work, but it mm-hmm. takes, takes a little, takes a little more work. 
Right. Right. Well, and for those folks then that maybe have, are, are lucky enough that have a winter feeding area, like a, a structure or something, they can, you know, saving that manure and then reapplying it in the spring will also help too. Yeah. Yeah. And spreading that and, and spreading that in areas that need it mm-hmm. is, is a thing too. You know, it's like somebody sure. said, they said we made the ground Brown <laughs> when we sprayed it, you know, cause it's, you need, you need quite a bit, but they knew they needed it in that certain spot. So they just completely covered it. And I don't, and I'm speaking just for my area too. We use a lot of poultry litter. And I think that's a good option, but you just got to realize there's a lot of management and labor goes into the spreading of poultry litter and being able to get it and the price typically goes up the fertilized price too. So. Right. Well, and I think too, we've, we've got a pretty good, we've got a decent supply here just from talking to some local producers, but it's not always available, but this year we got lucky and it was there. And, and so they kind of jumped on it whenever they realized prices were getting high of, of commercial fertilized, but it is an option if you've got it available. What else? Anything else we can do? I know, I know one that I'm fond of, and I, I mean, I do it for other reasons, but rotational grazing in pasture oh, yeah. fields, just moving, moving your animals more spreads the nutrients around better. You don't have it concentrated areas of, of nutrient buildup and kind of helps to, you know, quote unquote, fertilize the farm a little better mm-hmm. rather than, um, you know, needing, um, to add fertilizer. Um, don't get this twisted. We're not saying you don't need to add fertilizer. We're just trying right. to, Talk but, about ways that you can spread it out a little better. But in a pasture situation, unless it's just something that's super low, it's going to be dang hard to to pencil fertilize in a pasture this year. I agree. I a- Did you know that there is a crop nutrient removal rate um, for pastures on UK's website or on UK's AGR one? Yeah, yes. it shouldn't be very high though. It's not. It's about. It's think. half. It's half of what hay is. Yeah. Because yeah. you're, yeah, you're, you you're adding typically, about, you typically, you figure you recycle about seven or about 60 to 70%, but they're throwing in a little fudge factor there probably. <clears throat> so even if you did that, of course, I mean, some of that, I think some of that's just the nutrients that the animal, when you take that animal off the field, there are nutrients in that animal. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's yeah. what it's using, you know, choosing that, those rates. I mean, if you going to pounds of beef yeah. well and i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a little a wrench or into it. lamb or lamb yeah i'm gonna throw a little wrench and ask for, for you all if you all have any guys that are after the last cutting of hay are they pasturing it for a, is any sort of time to help yeah. add some nutrients back i mean that's not necessarily option. to help add nutrients but uh, that's a Just utilize efficient the way to get yeah. that yeah. forage off. yeah so i mean there's there's that option too I'm going to title this episode, mind your P's and K's, by the way. <laughs> so what, um, anything else, any, any stuff we're not thinking about? Um, I think we covered it. Rotational grazing and using your resources on the, on the animal side. Uh, if we think of anything else, we'll talk about it next time. Yeah. Um, maybe or if some- you have ideas or if you do something interesting, let us know. Well, even if you do something interesting, it works. I mean, we, we could all do interesting stuff. Well, that's but what I mean. we want to make sure that anything that we we push is shown that it truly does 
work. And that's what, you know, that's what we do at UK. We, you know, we make sure these things really do provide a return. Um, but yeah, if you're doing some stuff, let us know and maybe we can ground truth it and, and get it out there. So if, um, I'll follow this all up, say, you know, I read an article from Purdue uh, this week that talked about farmer sentiment and how um, many of y'all seen that or what I'm talking Uh about. It's just basically it's talking about farmer sentiment is kind of low and has gotten Mm -hmm. lower, progressively lower over the last few months. Um, Seemed like we were low. We've talked about this before on on here and it was low, but Uh then grain prices came back up and it seemed like, Things are getting a little cheery up, you know, cheered up a little bit and people are feeling better. But then now it seems like it's just kind of taking that dive again. And uh, these input prices coupled with, or I'm sorry, fertilizer prices. And then you add in machinery, parts, labor, all these topics that have been tough for everybody, but especially for for farmers. Um, And then you talk land rents and they're not going down. Um, they're probably going up, especially around here. We're getting a lot of competition for ground um, from developments and it's probably going to make that land rent part worse, I'm afraid. But anyway, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of bad, I guess a lot of sentiment, the sentiment is low, but I don't know, hopefully, you know, Matt, like you kind of mentioned earlier, there could be stuff coming that that helps bring that back up. Um, I don't know what it'll be but it'd be nice to see something be nice for the dog to get a bone thrown its way uh, here pretty soon. Well, and I feel like too, folks are getting a little closer to the end of harvest and I always feel a little bit of glimmer of hope. They, that when they get done for the year and it's the holidays, it's kind of. Yeah. So I guess with that being said, there is some good, I mean, I'm hearing great yields, phenomenal yields. Like everybody's pretty happy. Mm-hmm. with harvest but the uh, the flip side of that is when you have these big harvests it takes forever because right, yes. you're taking so much quantity out of the field takes extra trucks extra yep. trips it takes longer hours and with that all together people be be careful get some yes. rest you know you'll get it done it'll be fine it finally looks like we do have a we're having a good week this week yeah of, of no rain they hopefully that keeps up for a while it's probably still a little on the wet side in places but yeah our little surprise shower <laughs> yeah we that, i don't know what's up with that. Where did no that chance come of rain from? and didn't get two or three chance. So, <laughs> hopefully we don't get any more of that here over the next little dry spill but just a reminder for everybody take care of yourselves uh, take time to rest, spend time with your family, you know, time to remind yourself why you do what you do and, uh, and, and you'll get it knocked out. It'll be fine. But, uh, it is, it is kind of the, the, the blessing curse of, mm-hmm. uh, of good, you know, great yields. But I think now people are kind of getting on the, hopefully getting on the backside of harvest. So there's a light yes. at the end of the tunnel for a lot of the ones that I've talked to, but it's still like, light's still a little ways off. So let's get there, get there safe. Um, right. All right, so we need to wrap this show up. We've been talking for a while today. Time got away from us a little bit there. Um, do want to throw out uh, LaRue County Cattlemen's will be meeting on Tuesday, November the 9th at 7 o'clock here at the Extension Office. I think they will have food at that meeting um, also. And I believe Dr. Andy Pike is doing is doing this class. It won't count for Cape Credit, uh, but still it'll be a good, uh, probably a good program. I think I forget what I was going to talk about. Some animal health type topics, obviously he's a vet. So uh, that, that should be a good one if you're interested. Fun fact, he's a former 
Western Kentucky University dairy manager. Really? <laughs> Didn't know that. He managed he managed the dairy down while I was down there mm-hmm. before going to vet, vet school. Well, there you have it. Anybody else? Well, oh, uh, the master finisher. You're gonna talk about that? Yeah. All right. I guess coming up here, and it'll be in the next couple of weeks, but we're gonna give we'll keep reminding you until uh, it happens. But the 16th of November is the next master finisher class, um, and it will be on. It'll be webinar based as well. Yeah, and if you haven't signed up for those or missed signing up for those before, you can still sign up uh, yep. at any time and watch those that have already happened. So if you you know if you missed that or forgot to sign up, let us know. We'll get you on that list, and they'll email you all the information. I have heard of a few that have been through it and really had they really had compliments and said it was very good. And looks like it's going to be continue to be a good program based on what they saw in that first the first mm-hmm. webinar. We need a song this week. Yeah, we do. Uh, and we, been, I don't. I don't know how to do this. I follow me here. It's a stretch. All right. But one thing song. we, yeah, oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're getting one thing okay. we didn't talk about that we can probably just mention a little bit. National FFA convention was this past week. Uh, I think a lot of the a lot of our chapters were there, and yep. some had some success. So. I think LaRue County uh, needed to have some extra bags on the way back to bring back all their man. bring back all their awards. Well, congratulations rolling, to them. All the golds. So a little bit of a tie-in about what we've talked about. We've talked about a lot of adversities in agriculture this week. So if you remember back to your FFA Creed days, which Daniel doesn't because he never had to learn the Creed. He wasn't in FFA, but the only Creed uh, I know is can you take me higher? <laughs> All right, reel it back. Really noted. <laughs> so I believe the first line there is "I believe in the future of agriculture." Yes, mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of an old Don Williams song. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? I'll take it. That'll work. I don't, I don't have anything else. Like I don't even have any suggestions. Well, I was just going to pick say, one of my favorite songs, and I, I I didn't have any way to tie it in. Well, and I was going to. Uh, I was going to suggest a song that's pretty popular on TikTok right now, but I'll just leave it at that. We'll save it for another week. Go to next week. Yeah. You can play Neon Moon next week. (laughs) Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this week. If y'all ain't got nothing else, I think we'll wrap it up. No. Okay. Well, if you need anything, contact your local extension office. We'll see y'all next week. All right. See you.